I love playing cleric. And it's a character. Let's see. Let's see if that helps my connection. Switching over to land. Oh, lucky you. Am I just breaking up all over the place? No, not all over the place. It was a little bit. Actually, it seems like that helped on my side. Yeah, you're coming a lot better than me now. Uh, what are your thoughts on dark fantasy? Like the world of Berserk? Or, uh, what was it? Uh, Dark Sun? Do you remember that one from D&D? <laughs> I'm running Dark Sun right now. Really? I am. Nice. So yes, that's uh, that is also my native tongue. I am a okay. big fan of Moorcock's work and uh, uh, Baffert and the Gray Mouser. That's who is that? And of course, Conan, written by Robert E. Howard. Conan's great. I loved that world. Uh, and they were written by the, the guy himself. I'm not as big a fan of the pastiches that they wrote in his name. I, uh, I think dark fantasy, as much as it, it's not for everybody. And I can understand that. Because it's not, I don't think in a, in a certain respect, it's pure fantasy. Uh, you could say it's a, uh, it's it's not quite as pure fantasy, but it I think allows more people to really relate things in a way. Yeah, all right. That um that they can address the real world through that fantasy world. Hey, why I like it, it's that the stakes are so high. Like right off the bat, it's you know, are you going to just die here or are you gonna like fight back? You know, in high fantasy the stakes are are you gonna save the kingdom? Are you gonna save the world? You know, are you gonna do this, that? No. In dark fantasy, it's like, are you gonna get out of this pit alive or not? Yes. Survival is a real one. Yes, very much so. Yeah, as a dungeon and, master, you do not have to play any games. It's just like, roll for initiative, bitches. <laughs> um, but I think it also, it, I think Dark Fantasy talks to something very visceral in people. You know, there's not a lot of things that are all out of bounds. And, and I think the difference is whether or not you can tell that story in a creative way that's tasteful or not. There's been obvious examples of ones that, you know, weren't quite so tasteful, but um, and even some that have been extremely successful, like Conan the Barbarian, there's people that you know are like, I, I love Conan. I didn't like this so much, but I love Conan. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. I think that's where it, it it's able to touch on things that uh, are, like I said, real visceral to people, and even maybe you know help address those things in a in a non real world way that I think is. Uh, you know, it, it speaks to people. In role-playing games, there's a little bit of wish fulfillment as well, being someone who is extremely capable and able to do things. 
uh, I find particularly with younger players that's attractive. Yeah. Uh, there's there's things that I think should be steered clear from, you know, things to be avoided that that can that uh that can go down a real dark road way too fast on and with uh if not kept in check, but uh yeah, fantasy is all about living out those fantasies in general and um Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Not even necessarily content warnings. What if in a dark fantasy your party turns on itself? Ooh. You give them enough you give them enough room and they're not all fighting just to stay alive. They could easily fight each other. I just went through this two weeks ago. Oh wow. How did you navigate that one? I, well, it's a long story. We've been playing so long. We play a game with no master. And we got a new guy sort of broke the contract. And I'm still kind of butthurt about it. Just angry. I think with um, years, we've had this gameless game that we could pull out of our back pocket when we wanted to. And he's basically just like yeah. crap the bed. And we're just like, fuck you. Ow. That sucks. Yeah, because sometimes there, there, there'll be games where Dave or I or Jason, like none of us want to GM. We just want to knock around. Like kill monsters, yeah. steal their treasure. And this guy decided, well, I, I, I don't like how this is going. I'm just going to kill someone else. Oh, geez. in the 60s. I, I don't know why I'm telling you my dirty G, but you should have known better. Oh yeah, yeah. That's an, that's uh, unfortunately those kinds of things can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the question. The, uh, Sorry about that. I was a tangent. Uh, how uh, how do we deal with that? Do we say uh, once you turn on the party, you're a bad guy, and now you get to you just hand your character sheet over to the dungeon master? Well, normally, I I don't know how. It, you know, was for that instance, you know, uh, for your player. But I would say normally we try to, you know, avoid that kind of thing. You know, just, you know, it's the it's the table, it's the party, there's no PvP, right? And generally you just try to not push someone to that point. And uh, if something was to come up that needed to be resolved immediately, you just, hey, pause game. What's going on, guys? You know, what's really the issue here? You know, is there some kind of interpersonal conflict between the players that's causing this? You know, how can we resolve this so the game can move forward in a fun way for everyone? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I got to admit, I, I was worried that sometimes that uh, Jeff was going to get just beaten over the head and lift in a ditch. <laughs> nah. Jeff was worried a couple times. Nah, Jeff was great. Uh, all right. I think all all things all things aside, I think it was all just you know uh, friendly uh, friendly poking that was going on there. <laughs> that was good. I, I I made that character to be poked. He is a a sad sack. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan of sad sacks, actually. Actually, that's a good uh, question. Let's talk about character. What sort of characters? Yeah. Would you like to see 
because I've got one for you, but I'd also like to hear like what you think the players that you play with more often might gravitate toward. Well, of course, a, a balanced party is important. Uh, so, so all all tools, you know, for the for the player's toolbox, you know, it's it's. It's nice if they're all present, you know, but I, uh, I think normally people are going to want to play what they want to play, though. That doesn't always fit with a balanced party, which can also be just as interesting or make the game even more interesting if it's not a balanced party. Uh, right, maybe the theme party. <laughs> it'd be hilarious. A party full of five fighters, right? <laughs> Actually, that'd be a cool party. But um, but I uh, I don't know. I, I think that uh, John and Don, um, if 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 Todd comes into, they I mean they all have their themes that they generally stick to. But uh, for the most part, I mean, just my my theory on it is play what you want to play, play what you're going to enjoy the most. All right, let me put this another way. Uh, what's what's their game? What's their juice? Sometimes you'll find players who are role players, and they get a kick out of just like being there and speaking character. Oh, um, Don Sometimes does you get players who role. just want to like wreck faces. And John loves raw. He does role play. He, he role plays really well, and he he gets into character too. Uh, Don is uh, he enjoys. You know, figuring out how to make things the best they can be. So if he's going to play a wizard, he's going to try to figure out how he can make that wizard the best damn wizard. And and uh, or sometimes he'll get an idea like, you know, what if this, and figure out a way to make that. Oh, so he likes so, to optimize, like play with the the Pathfinder system. Right. And try to optimize it to make it the best possible thing it can be. Um, I love doing that. Which sometimes, which sometimes can be really devastating for the campaign, but it's it's fun to watch. <laughs> sorcerers that was, or not sorcerers, summoners. Summoners was one that I mean, there was even uh, as as they were built. Uh, I think Pathfinder was already working on its second edition, so they didn't release a whole bunch of changes for the summoners. Uh, but there were some things that they didn't put a limit on that they really should have put a limit on, and that got recognized real fast. And of course, he uh, he figured that out real fast too. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but the uh, yeah, no, I mean the main thing is just play what's going to make you what's what you're going to have fun with, what you're going to get into as a player, and I think. Uh, you know, even like balance party be damned. Play what you're going to play and have fun with. You know, if it's not a balance party, that maybe just means it's going to make the campaign that much more interesting. And your okay, okay. party will find a way to overcome that obstacle if it does become one. You know what I mean? I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. I love it. Because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, what's the point, right? Yeah, exactly. People's game, or just I wish I can kill monsters. 
Well, I think yeah. a lot of us, that's what we want to do. <laughs> that's a big part of the that's game. Sort of the attraction of a, a, just a mega dungeon. You don't need to, like, oh, where are we going today? Mega dungeon makes it super easy. We're going to level four. <laughs> and that's another yeah, question. That's I mean, we want to just mega dungeon it? Oh, that was, uh, what was that game? That was the whole point of the game. Uh, Ultima. Uh, was it the first Ultima? No, that wasn't yeah. Ultima. That was Diablo. Yeah, Diablo. Diablo is a perfect example of a mega dungeon. Yeah. Diablo 1, I guess they got cute in later editions and they're like, oh, you can like, travel to other dungeons, but yeah. And all on Diablo, I think uh, Ultima, Might and Magic, that's all those were. Those limitations yep. of the time, I think, back in those, you know, because we were on what three and a half floppy disks, but uh, Mega Dungeon yeah. was the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and as old school D and D. Yeah, that's uh, they all of those were inspired by old school T and D. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to that, it's very procedural. You know, are we, we're walking around, we're kicking in doors, we're seeing what's in in room. Yeah, but I remember what was that the was that in Ultima or maybe was it in Might and Magic? But the the main bad guy uh, Weirdna it was just Andrew spelled backwards. It was one of the developers' Weirdna, names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> creativity at its best. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, yeah. No, that was, I mean, if you go back and you read some of those uh, old manuals for those old games, it was, uh, to me, that was that was that same thing. Just, you know, fantasy. Anything goes. There were no limits to Anything it. Goes. Exactly. And... I want to reclaim that well, a little with bit. The, I want to reclaim that a little bit. So, I... I didn't want to be stepping on anyone's toes or stifling anything with... Uh, you know, something like Forgotten Realms, where there's so much lore. There's so much things that are so many things that are defined that I it's almost it's almost uh, stifling, I guess. Because it's so like you wait, and I have had this, this conversation fit? before, haven't we? Yeah. Where does this fit? You know, how can I even fit a game into this, you know, without uh, you throw a rock and you're gonna hit some, you know, legendary NPC, right? <laughs> right. And why aren't they doing this adventure? Exactly. It starts to become, why aren't they involved in this, right? Unless you're just going out with a level 2 party and, and uh, clearing out the den of kobolds or goblins, you know, it's kind of like, what am I here for? And then when there's all these again, powerful words. Sorry, what was that? I said, finish your thought. Sorry. Oh, okay. But I mean, it, it does. It kind of it kind of gets to that point where you know you go to turn in the quest or whatever, and you're looking at this NPC, and it's like, why are you even here? You know how? Uh, and does does the player even have a chance of making a name for themselves? You know, up against all these huge figures, right? Exactly. And what? dovetails back onto high versus low fantasy high fantasy you're saving the world low fantasy guess who you're saving bitches <laughs> yeah there's no one's gonna save you but you <laughs>
Yes. Uh, and How dark is I think... Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. How dark is it going to be? The campaign world? Yeah. Like, uh, is there famine? Is there floods? Or uh, is it more like... Uh, the, I mean, Mike Morrow is just a big old city. Well, I, the idea behind it was um, giving some backstory. So there was you know, the age of creation, which at this point is a age that's been lost, right? Nobody knows. How was the world created? There are people that are asking those questions, sure, but those are the few, not the many. Mostly everybody else is just trying to make it day to day. Um, after the age of creation was, you could say, the golden age. Golden age of growth, economic prosperity, knowledge, uh, even engineering. And uh, during that time frame, uh, some, let's say, some engineers and mages collaborated on an idea which went awry. And that's what then stuck the world into the age of warlords, where there was world war. And to say it, yeah, let's say the nuclear weapons got used. Like, they weren't actual nukes, but you know, metaphorical nukes. Oh, metaphorical nukes, yes. And after that, uh, a whole third of the world's population was lost during that uh, conflict, which puts the world uh, into the current, um, like, fall of Rome period of the Dark Ages. Um, there, I would say quick. that I would say that yes, the uh, there is of course you know the possibility of disease. There's uh, there may be areas that are still suffering from food shortages, uh, but for the most part, uh, the the population has settled into some form of stability in that uh, you know they they don't have to necessarily worry where most people anyway don't have to worry necessarily where their next meal may come from or whether or not they'll have shelter but of course that is uh, those are troubles that may impact some got it so what i'm hearing is there's an, like an age of creation gods walk yes. the earth they leave sort of an age of plenty like a garden of eden yeah, golden age. Things are happening. All right, sounds good. Uh, and that collapses as like the gods leave. That collapses due to the uh, arrogance of 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 uh, arrogance of people. Oh, they want to be as powerful as the gods. The gods are like, "Fuck you," and they get out. Well, they. Um, I we were uh, not to give away well, too much, but. Not to give away too much, you know, out there for uh, players to get their hands on, but the uh, the world building was that uh, they tried to access or utilize a uh, utilizing magic and engineering. They tried to they basically opened Pandora's box. I love that. All right. So I'm writing this down. I am a lore whore. Sorry about that. No, right, no, then, I love uh, it. 
we're picking up the pieces. There's an age of warlords. They sort of put together their own little empires and do their thing. But that's they actually fall apart. Where, yeah, that's uh, also the uh, so the Order of the Holy Light. The uh, is uh, a new religion that arose uh, during the Age of Warlords, and um, before that, most uh, generally all people had some form or denomination that they followed of the old faith. Um, this new religion, however, was very anti-magic. And uh, it arose during the Age of Warlords in response to the you know, Pandora's box problem. They blame the events and the fall of the Golden Age on uh, use of magic. All right. Actually, you probably had a couple ages in there. If you wanted to pad that out. Okay. Maybe, Maybe one time one group period. is on top, another group's on top. Like a restoration period, you know, where the new countries and nations, you know, rebuild themselves. Yeah, back and forth sort of situation. But just as a sketch, that's that's perfect. That's great. All right. All right. And then the age of uh, restoration, the current age. Mm -hmm. I love it. So, uh, with respect to adventures, I am hoping you don't write any. For an old school dungeon, what do you do? You just be like, this is like the six mile hex around where you are. What do you want to do? <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm right. Well, currently, actually, because there are a plethora of little adventure paths that were written for first and second edition D&D. There's so much out there and it has maps already made. I... I like to lean on that stuff, and that's what I'm planning on using for this one. Because any of those little adventure paths can easily be adapted for anything. And they wrote so <laughs> many of them. Uh, just change it up. You know, just change up. Like, change the name. Here's a map, though. But there's so much out there. And if you don't have something that is... Uh, that has to be perfectly fit for your story. It's just a side quest or something to that effect or a filler like, oh, the party needs to gain a level. Okay, let's do go do this, right? That's what those are perfect for. So your filler things, you don't need to plan those. Just go grab an adventure path. Grab something. Look at it. I mean, a lot of them are little one-shots. <laughs> um, and then that okay. frees up you to focus on the story. Cool. That's not nuts and bolts. How about experience points? How are we going to advance in level? Um, I like to do it as kind of like a mixture. So you award experience. Um, but if it's something super significant, or you know, let's say you know, you've done some side questing and this and that, and maybe the experience points just aren't adding up, just Give them that next level if they were close to it. You know what I mean? Just, all right, you guys are at next level. <laughs> I like that. May I, may I make a suggestion? Sure. 
I've been playing with uh, gold as XP for years. And that is super old school. Gold as XP? It facilitates like exactly the style of play you want. Oh yeah, gold's it like if you can get two thousand gold back to civilization, that's two thousand XP. Oh wow. Oh, and that works too for something in a uh, like a dark fantasy setting, you know. You it's help out this town. Yeah. We don't want to fight wandering monsters. Those guys don't have treasure. Fuck those guys. <laughs> If we can like sneak in, steal the gold, and leave, we're geniuses, and now we're like third level. Yeah. I uh, I don't want to pay to do it, but think about it, and you'll see that if if you do them, it really works out. That's actually really interesting. That's a that's a different take on it. Uh, uh, that's that's definitely a different way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, it to me that would also facilitate the party really looking how to at, at planning how to accomplish this in a strategic fashion rather than kick in the door style. Also, also you don't have to do any work. They're where they're going to go next. Yeah, that's true. We are looking for gold, aka XP. End up with uh, Bilbo and the Dragon Sword. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, if if we pack up shop and go to like the, the biggest baddest thing, we're just gonna die. So uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. If you really want to go old school, just think about it. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm I am telling you that I've done it successfully for 20 years now, and uh, it it's it's a style of play, and it's very old school. I'm definitely going to look at that as uh, one of the scenarios is probably going to be exactly that. The party needs to collect funds for something, and the amount of gold they manage to collect for this purpose is going to be the XP they get. <laughs> that sounds like a fun plan. I think they're going to get super creative on that one. <laughs> and that's what you want. Um. Yeah, that would be fun. Let players do and, all the work. Yeah, exactly. They're going to come up with their own plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I uh, I think with the way it's uh, with the way I was thinking of the world being set up, there's going to be so many. The the, the landscape should be dotted. You know, just you know all over the place with ruins of old cities with ruins of who knows what it could be. It could be an alchemist workshop. It could be an, you know, an observatory. It could be an old city. They should be everywhere. And need table to roll on. either, either they need to be, either they can be explored or they can be explored, but they've already been inhabited by something else. I love it. Yes. Points of light campaign. That, or it could even be uh, mercenary companies, maybe just squatted in this, you know, old town. Whatever it may be, it's all out there. And you know, the remains of civilization have contracted. So, you know, safety in numbers, right? Exactly. 
And that will do nicely. Um, when the after the Age of Warlords for you know, and in this restoration period, the um, the lore I have set up is the elves were the naval force supreme of the world, and they lost nearly an entire generation of their people because of their involvement in this war. So what's happened? Some of the older generations, you know, want to pass on their knowledge and you know outlook and. Of course, you know, as parents want to do their morals and ethics, right, that onto this younger generation. But this younger generation, you know, having most of their parents wiped out, are looking at it like, you know, what the hell? No, we don't, you know, we don't like, you know, these people. We don't like this. Um, you know, that's not how, <laughs> that's the direction we're going to go. But it's also young people, right? So they're wanting to make their own way. And they don't have that direct parental guidance. They have a lot of animosity, you know, because of, you know, possibly older siblings and parents passing away in this what you know, would probably be considered stupid war, right? So there's exactly. that problem with the elven culture right now. And all of their island, you know, uh, small states that they had you know, around the globe are now destroyed, too. You know, due to those strategic locations being conquered and reconquered and reconquered with various factions vying for those strategic locations. So most of them have retreated back. The dwarves. Yes, the dwarves. No, they've gone complete shut the door isolationist. For uh, reasons that they alone are aware of. Uh, Though they do have a good friendship with the gnomes, um, and 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 uh, the gnomes seem to be their outreach to the rest of the world. I the was gnome. thinking that I, the nomads, yes, the nomads, <laughs> the uh, the nomads are the traveling gnomes that go around, and for whatever reason, they are very interested in technology, uh, sharing some, <laughs> but of course, gathering. Other technology. They're working at Gnome Depot. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, any other races we need to talk about? I guess in Pathfinder, some of those other races aren't a thing. It's just elves, gnomes, and dwarves, or elves, humans, and dwarves. Uh, humans are typical fantasy humans. Um, though I did uh, include some different uh, political and economic structures uh, in the four different nations. Um, uh, we have a theocracy, we have a uh, monarchy, uh, and we have a republic. And then I went also uh, where Gnome Depot lies, uh, the uh, economic oligarchy. <laughs> or the merchant oligarchy, I should okay. say. Once again, with the points of, of light situation where they're all not thoroughly under the control of a single... Yeah, I, I'm with you now. Yep. See monarchy. All right, cool. The, uh, as for the halflings, I wanted to bring back uh, a little taste of uh, Dragonlance. And the halflings are much closer to the Dragonlance kinder. Oh my. 
Um, they, they, they were they were somewhat involved in the uh, Age of Warlords. Uh, however, all of their settlements were either just you know people had to flee, or they were raided for uh, logistical reasons, you know, food and whatnot, supplies. Uh, however, the theocracy, seeing the uh, halflings as innocents, uh, did set aside a large tract of land, uh, strategically separating you know, them from the dwarves, and set that aside for the kinder. Or halflings. I can't use kinder, I'm pretty sure it's copyrighted. <laughs> so, for the halflings. They set it aside for the halflings. And so they have their own piece of land that is theirs, of course, and completely theirs in their own mind, but it is technically a vassal state of the theocracy. I love that. It's like fantasy Israel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fantasy version of Israel. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Where will we be based? Do you have a, an idea for where we want to, our starting point? I was thinking of uh, starting off, uh, I was thinking probably just flip a coin for it, but uh, either starting off in the monarchy or the republic. All right. And then we'll be in one of those big cities and there's crazy things just outside. Yeah, I... Uh, I was honestly thinking... And obviously, um, we'll be in one of the big cities of those two uh, nations. I was honestly thinking that to kick everything off, the party arrives there because they were broke. And they needed money. <laughs> it's a very easy motivator. Yeah, party arrives because help. they signed up. They signed up for a job, and they arrived. I think we need to tell you, the Dungeon Master, why we're all together. How about that? Why that should that work. be your job? That, that works, like, too. You want to you play at my table? You tell me why you're part of this party. <laughs> That's not your job. Yeah, Mary, it's not that they're broke. Maybe it was something else motivated them. But that's an easy motivation. Exactly. But uh, running an adventure together is dumb, and you should not do it. Make us tell you. I was just, I was just tossing out the freebie for someone who, you know, yeah, maybe enough. just wants a reason. There you go. That's an easy one. Yeah, but, but that's true. Maybe we could create some reasons that we could share. But the the i uh, the idea is uh, that's where the party meets. I there's a job that for whatever reason you chose, you know, you signed up and uh, were gathered there by a local lord. It's pretty cool. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm running up against like, the time I have here. Also, the time I'm going to be conscious because I'm falling asleep. Um, uh, I love this. I love what you're doing. And I hope this Craig works out. I can't wait to hear the recording, see if it works out. Once you plugged into land, that works so much better. I don't know what you did, but it like was day and night. Yeah. How am I coming through? I do not like this Bluetooth headset. I think I got to change it. It's like buzzy. 
Mm. Well, I wonder if... Because Craig records from your input, not off of my computer. So it might actually come through clearer on the recording. Well, that could be. All right. That's, I didn't okay. realize Craig did that. Yeah. So whatever input that's received in by Discord, that's what Craig's recording. So hopefully that works out well. Right, right. Okay. Are you going to get separate tracks of all of this then that you can mix? Yes, it's going to record in separate tracks that can then be uh, cleaned up if need be and then uh, merged together. Excellent. And then you'll see Audacity will let you just, just drop them into a file, put them in, and just say export as a MP3 or something. You're done. Yes. Super easy. If you need help with that, let me know. I may need some help with that, yes. <laughs> okay, I got a screen share. I'll, I can show you how I do it. Uh, right. um, if if you want to do any editing, it's hateful and awful, and uh, I refuse to do it for you or me or anyone anymore. But uh, I'm happy to show you how I used to do it when I cared. Okay, I will. I will that will be my job. I'm not going to ask anybody else to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll join any I podcast. I just refuse to do it because it's so awful. Just going back and forth. Is this loud enough? Is that loud? It's like, can I like fade out this dog that's in the background or whatever that noise is? No, I'm not doing that anymore. It's a right. awful, thankless job. Uh, uh, yeah. Other than that, anything else tonight? Uh, not that I can think of. I'm um, definitely looking forward to starting kicking off the game. Like, I'm really excited. What you're doing, I think you're doing the right thing, uh, and uh, I can't wait to hear what the other players come up with. I'm looking forward to it as well. It's always uh, that's always fun seeing what everybody else comes up with. Because <laughs> <laughs> that makes the party. It's like who are you playing with? Who are you playing against? Yeah, that's right. I never told you what kind of character I want to make. Yeah, what kind of character were you looking to make? I'm going to make a sycophant. I'm going to find like the most awesome character that another player makes and just be the guy who thinks that they're the best. Do you ever see Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. I'm going to play that character, Boyle, who thinks that Andy Samberg's the best character. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> oh, no. That's going to be oh, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe you... Maybe you can give me a little direction as to who that player should be because I'm going to be their best friend whether they like it or not. I would say um, I, I don't know. Well, let's see what everybody else comes up with. I'm leaning we towards Vaughn. We can do a voting uh, behind the scenes. Uh, no voting. I get to choose. <laughs> I just want to see what everyone else makes when when we start to play. I'll be like, "That's right, you are awesome." I can do that. Oh, that's my hilarious. game. It's making. Games I'm looking forward to it. Unique. That's gonna. That's gonna, exactly. <laughs> 
Nine nine. Nine nine. That was such a I'm great a show. <laughs> I would be Gina, but I'm just not cool enough. So I got to be Boyle. Hey, Boyle was a great character. I know. He's just so like, ah, it was good at stuff though, too. He was really good at stuff. Yeah. It's not like he's like uh, not able to do stuff. He's just into other people and into his own little head. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Uh, have a great evening. Uh, send me this Craig recording if uh, you get it. And, uh, I'll throw it on the website and see if anyone even downloads it and looks at it. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll try to get it all slapped together and get it go. Thanks, Blake. Have a great evening. You as well. Bye. Bye.